Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse looks like he's on the road again, which is not uncommon for my brother. Jesse, I'm glad to be back. I had four days uh, off. I was down in uh, Hawaii. I visited the World War II Museum for Pearl Harbor, and I'm sending out a little video to all of our listeners about uh, the connection of Pearl Harbor and and uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland. So people, uh, you'll get a hold of that by going to Full Sheen Ahead. Just today's topics, you picked them, brother, and they're good. Pope Francis uh, picks notorious pro-life, pro-nope, nah, that's a misprint, pro-LGBT clerics to participate in the October Senate on Senatality. You know, this is tragic, what's going on. That's why we need to continue to pray for Pope Francis, that he has the vision of the perennial teachings of the church and not some personal opinion. Also, the movie... Sound of Freedom, $40 million over the first weekend. It, it, it really did really well. It, did, it outdid Indiana Jones from, from uh, uh, the people who run it, Disneyland, who owns it. So uh, this movie is doing a lot of good. And I just want to say one thing before we get into that, too, later, and that is the liberal media is, is calling it, it's not true that that's going on. And I have to say, Jesse, uh, those kind of comments tell me that they're involved in the sex trade, and they just don't want it exposed. So that's my take on that. Also, for your good-to-know file, a couple things. I really am glad that Tennessee is coming to bat for our children. The federal court upholds Tennessee law protecting kids from transgender drugs and surgeries. So that's good news. Also, I know tomorrow we're going to talk about it, but I want people to get Crisis Magazine. I really think... If you want to have a good publication that stimulates your love for Jesus Christ, take a look at Crisis Magazine. Jess, what about your uh, need-to-know file? What do you have on it? A couple things, Terry. Um, the Archbishop of York, but oh, yeah. he's, an, he's an Anglican. He's not a Catholic, okay? Right. Uh, the, Arch, the Anglican Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, mm-hmm. uh believes that Jesus made a mistake with the Our Father. <laughs> this is what he said. Is this microphone said, on? I'm sorry. Yeah. He said, the Lord's Prayer delivered by Jesus 2,000 years ago may be problematic, <laughs> says this Protestant. Art. He says, the Archbishop of York announced in a recent address to the, to the Anglican, Church, Anglican Church that the 2,000-year-old prayer is problematic because it's patriarchal. Mm-hmm. He says the Lord's Prayer opens with our Father. Archbishop Stephen Cottrell believes Jesus made a mistake. Well, that's exactly the the, the barren fruits of Protestantism. You can see right there. Just let me back up for a minute. It's not only Protestantism. They came to that conclusion because they would work on synodality, which we're picking up from them. That's the mess they got themselves into. We can still avoid it with prayer and sacrifice, but yeah, you get guys thinking like that, and uh, we're in trouble. Continue. Here's another one. Uh, this is this is uh, very interesting. This is actually good news. Yeah. There's an artist by the name of Dubian Monsalve, and you can w- watch the picture on the internet. He completed a large outdoor sculpture of a pregnant mountain there's a so there's a mountain with a with a baby mm-hmm. in the womb it's it's near a small town of santo domingo near medellin colombia mm. it's a beautiful sight to behold a baby wow. etched into a mountain like in a mother's womb yeah 
and it's uh it's it's uh it's got international attention at this point dubian monsalve he was a college student at the time and he used only rudimentary farming tools to carve his masterpiece of a baby in a mountain in a mother's womb in, in the in the short span of 15 days wow and uh and you can watch it on the internet it just reminds me of that bible verse of luke 1940 where our lord says if they keep silent the stones will cry out well here we see the stones crying out for human life yep well said well said jess let's get some soul food and then we'll get to fulton sheen for today's feast of saint benedict today go ahead yeah yeah absolutely speak lord your servants are listening matthew chapter 10 mm -hmm. verses 1 to 7 jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. Uh, so I want to mention that I think 23% of the ministry of Jesus Christ was uh, engaged in, in exorcism, driving demons out. That's what it means to drive a demon out. The first verse, that means to exorcise. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Here's interesting. Notice every single time the list of the apostles is put forward, yep. Peter is named first. For a good just reason. Some, yep. Something to point out. Yep. Okay, just, show, just delineating the primacy of Peter. Then it says, Jesus sent out these, out these 12 after instructing them thus, do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Praise Lord, to you Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what's interesting is, number one, uh, two things that jump out at me. Jesus has power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out. And same with the church that he established, the Catholic church, through the bishops and through designated priests, they have the authority to drive demons out in the name of Jesus and by the authority of Jesus. And by the way, so do Catholic fathers and husbands have the ability to drive demons out from their domestic church, from their house and property. Uh, that's on Father Chad Ripperger's book, Chapter 4 of Dominion, where he lays all this out. Also, something else interesting about today's gospel is that Jesus, his first missionary assignment was to go and evangelize his people, the Israelites, the Jews, because they were lost. They were the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the people who rejected that Jesus was their Messiah. And because the Jews by and large rejected him, then our Lord obviously went to the Gentiles. That was his intention, but the Jews first, then the Gentiles. That's why in Matthew 28, 19, he tells the apostles to leave Jerusalem leave the lost sheep of the house of Israel and go into all nations and make disciples of all nations. So the goal of Jesus Christ was to bring Jew and Gentile under the social reign and social kingship of Christ under the Catholic Church. In other words, the Catholic Church, as the Catechism says, was, was, was instituted by Christ to reunite the lost family of Adam and Eve. The scattered family of Adam and Eve was meant to be reunited yep. under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, bringing Jew and Gentile together under one kingdom. Well said. And before I get Bishop Sheen in, I just want to remind everyone <clears throat> that the men's conference videos are available if you go to uh, CRC, so Catholic Resource Center, uh, dot org, and uh, go to uh, 
CatholicRC.org is what I should say, and you can purchase all those downloads. Jess, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, which is Archbishop And I want to remind you after this, let's talk a little bit about Benedict, the feast day. Today. Yes. Just this this topic of guilt. Bishop Sheen really had a good grip on this because we have, uh, uh, we've lost our our conscience. Here's what he says: A man cannot escape from what he's flying from. Guilt pursues him like a shadow. He reaches a point where he is no longer a bad man, but an evil man. Mm-hmm. A bad man will do wrong things, such as cheat, steal slander, murder, violate, but he will still admit the law. See, he still knows he did it wrong, right? But an evil man, Sheen says, on the contrary, may not do any of these bad things. He is concerned not with the concrete, but with the abstract. His desire is to completely destroy goodness, religion, morality, in a mad bigotry. Jesse, when I read that in preparation for the show, I can't judge Pope, I can't judge bishops, but I got to say, when I think of this, I got to think we have people inside our church, you know, that are trying to destroy the church, and they're not just bad men, they're evil men. That's my take. Yeah, yeah, they're wicked. Yep. Yeah, Uh, uh, a bad man does bad things personally. Yeah. I just lost you, Jess. Let me just, Matt, you're, you're not coming through. I want to mention also, Pope, we have the feast day of Benedict, St. Benedict. I've been to Subiaco several times. Uh, what a great saint in the 5th century. And uh, I think one interesting thing about Benedict was when uh, people did things that were wrong, and according to the church, right now we can't hear Jess, but uh, what I was going to say is they had discipline. What I mean by discipline They'd be beaten back in the 5th century. And sometimes, Jesse, I wonder if we go back to that when people are misleading people in the faith that they do get some physical discipline because I don't think we're reaching the people today, and that's an understatement on my part. When we come back, we're going to talk about what I call a scandal. But again, we have to pray for the Pope. We have to pray for our bishops because Pope Francis picks notorious pro-LGBT clerics to participate in the October Senate on synodality. He's picking also 25% of the lay people, so it's not a bishop's conference anymore. And that's unfortunate. And we'll go through all that and show you that our church needs prayers and reparation because what they're going to be doing in October, if it happens is to undermine the Catholic faith. I just can't see it any other way. Cardinal Mueller said it. Many other bishops. Bishop Athanasius Snyder said it. I think Bishop Strickland has said it. It's a disaster. And we need to pray for our Holy Mother Church. Again, people need to know the truth. That's what sets us free. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. We're having some technical difficulties, but I think we're going to get Jess back on. Jess, today, right now, you sent an article from LifeSite about Pope Francis picks notorious pro-LGBT. I made a joke. I said pro-life. I mean, wouldn't that make more sense? Okay, clerics to participate 
in the October Senate on Senadality. What's this? Who are these people, Jess? Okay, Jess is still having technical problems. This papal announcement for the October Senate on Senadality uh, include Cardinal McElroy of San Diego. Okay, and they've got cap. They've got um, a soupage in Chicago. A Bishop Cardinal Gregory of Washington D.C. And are you ready for this? Father James Martin. What in the world? Father James Martin is really outside of what the Catholic Church teaches. So we just question. We're just questioning as lay people. Why? We, these are the kind of people that are going to undermine the faith, not confirm us. This list of participants for the October meeting, it's been released with Pope Francis's personal choices, including the cardinals I just mentioned. Now, who has the Pope chosen? There are 50 names among the Pope's personal choices for voting members of the Senate. They include cardinals, bishops, priests, religious sisters, and when you think about it, I'll just name a few. Cardinal Jean Mark, uh, he made it as a cardinal in August of 22. Bishop Stephen Choi, he's a Jesuit. Check this out. The pro-CCP Jesuit, this is a, a, a church in China. He would like to have the you know state-run church run in Hong Kong. And he's downplayed the fears from the Vatican-China deal. Here's another one, Archbishop Timothy Costello. He's anti-traditional mass. He's the Bishop of Perth, who has been a key Senate on Senadality member and who shocked the Australian Catholics when he oversaw an indigenous pagan ritual at the beginning of the 5th Australian Plenary Council opening mass. See, these people don't have a problem with that. Now, Cardinal Supage, and he's... Why? Because they've lost... Oh, you're back. Jesse's back. Okay, go ahead, Jess. They've lost... There's supernatural faith. Supernatural faith. I agree. Go ahead, Jess. You know what the Bible? You know what the Bible calls uh, apostles who have basically abdicated their duty. Tell me. The Bible, our Lord calls them hirelings. Yeah. Hirelings. It's a good description. Carry, a lot of these bishops, all they are, are nine to five NGO CEOs. That's all they. Are. They're Dad. looking for a nice plush retirement. They like to be respected. They like free meals at restaurants. They like free uh, cooks. Harry, a lot. I'm telling you, I know it's hard. It's hard, it's to, hard to swallow, Jess. Around this, it is. it is. But we have a lot of and and Paul. Saint Paul talks about this in in, in Second Corinthians 11. Yeah. At, in his day, Saint Paul was already warning us about what false apostles. Yeah. He was warning us 2,000 years in his. When the apostles were alive, he was telling us, whoa, there are false apostles, he told the Corinthians. Yeah. Harry, we have the same thing right now. And Jesse, we've they're, had they're that. The list. We've had this on in our church other times. Think of what we put uh, St. Benedict's feast day today in the 500s. The church in Rome was sacked. It was secular. When Benedict went to Rome, he said, I'm out of here. They're, they're living as pagans. See, more things change, the more things are the same, Jess. Yeah. Go ahead. So you're reading the bishops. I'm reading the bishops, but I want to say Supage. He's the notorious Chicago Cardinal. This is the guy that, yeah. I'll just say it like, he doesn't believe there's any need for Eucharistic adoration because he said it's a waste of your time. He's quoted saying He also that. doesn't believe, 
He also believes lay people shouldn't pray in front of abortion clinics. That's right. Uh, when he was in Spokane. Yeah, he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he doesn't dis- endorse that. And he, w- he wouldn't let his priests in Spokane, Washington. Be- I watched this guy. I followed his career. <laughs> it's been bad. He wouldn't let pr- priests go to abortion clinics to pray. Isn't that terrible? All right. So, And he's yeah. also the promoter of the LGBT masses and the restrictions on the Latin mass has recently praised the heterodox German senator way. He wants what happens in Germany to happen in America. That's not the kind of yeah. guy I want. Here's Continue. the next guy that was promoted. Cardinal, Cardinal Joseph de Kessel, the Archbishop <laughs> yeah. Emeritus of Mechel, of Mechelen, Brussels, yeah. who signed and approved a notorious document by his fellow Belgian bishops, yeah. promulgating blessings for same-sex couples. At their subsequent ad limited visit with Francis some months later, De Kessel said that the meeting was invariably warm and that the Belgians had, had not been admonished for their document. Yeah, here's, here's, here's the next one. We all know it. Matter of fact, the priest I was at Mass was in the diplomatic corps in the 1970s with him. Yep. Cardinal Wilton Gregory, current Archbishop of Washington, D.C., raised to the cardinate by Francis in 2020 with a long list of anti-family, anti-traditional Actions. Next, yes. Here's the next one. Cardinal Ladaria Ferrer. Oh, yeah, the Jesuit. Jesuit. <laughs> the outgoing prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, under whose tenure the CDF issued its ban on same sex blessings in 2021. So he seems to be Orthodox. He seems to be one of the good guys. Yeah. Next. Here's a good one. Cardinal Gerard uh, Mueller. We've met him, predecessor as a prefect for the CDC, who has condemned the Senate as a hostile takeover of the church and threatens to end Catholicism. Bishop Athanasius Schneider said that. Bishop Strickland has said that. Jess Romero and Terry Barber agree with them. Okay, go ahead, Jess. Well, he's definitely Orthodox. Yeah. Next one, here's another, here's another uh, false apostle. Cardinal John Claude Hollerick, Jesuit, Relator General of the Synod, and recently appointed member of the Pope's Council of Cardinals, a prominently pro-LGBT cardinal, who has previously claimed that he is in full agreement with Pope Francis on the issue of opposing Catholic teaching on homosexuality. Just, you know, Jesse, just go to, go to YouTube, and you can see uh, Hollerick say in Chicago when he was visiting, one of our good guys asked him, why are you so much promoting homosexuality? And he said, well, it's because science has proven that it's okay, and the Bible is wrong, and we have to change. And that's on YouTube. So you want to have someone like that voting for our church? Are you kidding me? I'd lock him up. All right, next guy. Cardinal Robert McElroy, notoriously a heterodox bishop, recently raised to the being a cardinal in 22. He promotes Holy Communion for those who are uh, in active, uh, immoral LGBT lifestyles and who has been accused by Bishop Paraki and Bishop Schneider of having a de facto excommunicating himself. And you know what, Jesse? I happen to agree with that. I believe this man, he's just 90 miles south of where I'm sitting right now. He's a disaster yeah. for the Catholic Church. I think uh, a lot of these bishops, they don't realize that they, they, they have excommunicated themselves yes. by promoting heresy. Right. They don't realize it, but they'll know, they'll know that when they die at their particular judgment, Amen. they're going to realize Jesus is going to tell them, you ex post facto excommunicate yourself at this point, this point, this point. They're going to say, what? Yeah, and you were warned by Brother Bishop, and you know, listen, Bishop Stephen Oster, German bishop, who's been one of the few dissenting voices at various stages of the country's disastrous and heterodox synodal way. 
So he seems to be one of the good guys yep. there. Next. Cardinal Oscar Andres Rodriguez. He's a former uh, president of Pope Francis Council of Cardinals Advisors and close to the papal confidant, encircled by scandal for many years, including financial and sexual cover-up and, and allegations. Sounds like a guy that would want to have us tell me what's right and wrong. Are you kidding me next, Jess? I mean, this one floors Father, me. This, yeah, yeah, Father James Martin. Oh, give me a break. Jesuit, the notoriously pro-LGBT Jesuit, also a member of the Dicastery for Communications, who has enjoyed increasing papal favor despite his long-standing record of promoting LGBT ideology and descent from Catholic teaching. He has promoted an image drawn from a series of blasphemous homoerotic works showing Christ as a homosexual, promoted same-sex civil unions, and described viewing God as male as viewing God as male as damaging. And one more thing about Father James Martin, Jesse. I mean, I pray for his conversion. I actually had an opportunity to meet him, but my lower nature said don't meet him because I'm going to hit him. And the reason is is because he's done such damage to the Catholic Church. And the challenge to me is the superiors from the Pope down to his superior for the Jesuits. This man needs to be reprimanded. And what is he getting? He's getting all kinds of elevated things in the Vatican to be uh, important positions in the church, and you got the, the, the fox in charge of the chicken coop. Go ahead. That's right. So in light of the announcement, veteran Vatican journalist Edward Penton... This says it all, this paragraph. A, Read it. It's great. Yeah, that, that a senior church leader told him recently yep. that some of these clerics that we just mentioned don't have any criteria of objective methodological methodological and correct theology they no longer have the objectivity of divine revelation only a subjective understanding according to their prejudice and and jesse i know who said that cardinal Mueller said that on an interview on ewtn also they've lost the supernatural view that we have as catholics and their prelates this is the seriousness of it i can understand jesse someone who just disagrees but these people, I, I, and I remember Bishop Strickland at the Bishop's Conference looking at his brother bishops and said, Gentlemen, do we really believe that the Eucharist is really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? Or do we believe it's just a simple, a, a symbol? I mean, for him to say that to his brother bishops tells me that we've got wow. a lot of prelates who have lost fundamental, supernatural faith in Christ. Yeah, Houston, we got problems. Yeah, Houston, we got problems. <laughs> uh, yeah, Terry, Pope Francis, uh, he's personally selected laymen and women to form 25% of the Synodal no, that's, not good. that's not good. That's, that's a huge problem. You also have, he personally selected 70 non-bishop members to be part of the Synodal process. Uh <clears throat> Such experts, heavily drawn from the experts who compiled the October 2022 working document for the continental stage, will be joined by other facilitators. There are also those who have been invited as special invitees or fraternal delegates who do not hold voting rights at the assemblies, similar in that they do not hold voting rights. The experts and facilitators only participate and advise. I can promise you this, all these Catholics that they're choosing will be woke, modernist, Marxist, right. liberal, heterodox, fake Catholic. And you know what, Jesse? I have to tell everybody this, that 
no matter what they do, anything they come up with that's not part of the deposit of faith, we can soundly reject. And remember, they don't have the power to change anything of the deposit of the Catholic faith, whether it's women's ordination, uh, whether it's on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, marriage laws, none of that can change. This is what we call the deposit of faith. So be reassured. Yes, pray for their conversions. I, I say that. But don't be scandalized to a point where you lose your faith because some pope said this. We've been here before. What we need to do is get down on our knees, be holy, pray, make reparation for all this because it's a disaster what's coming. It's like a tsunami and we see it coming. Yes, your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, but we'll, we'll continue talking about this on the next segment, about some of these notorious uh, yep. people that Pope Francis has picked to lead the Senate and Citadelity. We'll and right. we can still say we're too blessed to be stressed, we're too anointed to be disappointed, and if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse some, is in some unbeknown bunker right now. Even the computers aren't working, but we still got his cell phone coming on. Jess, before we continue in this article of Pope Francis's picks for the uh, pro-LGBT clerics to participate in the October 4th Senate on Senadality, I want to read something just partial to you folks, because this is the contrast we've had, and I'm getting all kinds of texts from everybody, but contrast in the sense of vigors of Christ. Pope Pius XII in 1949 said this to you. Can you imagine me asking the Holy Father, uh, the Holy Father asking you, do you want a church that remains silent when she should speak? And the people said, no. Do you want a church that diminishes the law of God where she's called to proclaim it loudly? No. 200,000 people in St. Peter's Square saying this. Do you want a church wanting to accommodate it to the will of man? No. Do you want a church that departs from the unshakable foundations upon which Christ founded her? No. And I say this now, 70-some years later, I still don't want it. And this is what we need to communicate to our, whole, to our church, to our leaders, that we're not willing to compromise on the deposit of faith. All right, Jess, let's continue, because this is coming up October 4th, and we need to uh, talk more about this. Continue, please. Okay, I don't think we've got Jess, so I'm going to say, yeah, the Pope yeah. personally selected 70. Is he there now? Yeah. Okay, you're me? back. Yeah, yeah, I hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The um, the notoriously yeah. pro LGBT English Dominican Father Timothy Radcliffe yeah. <laughs> is listed as one of two spiritual assistants. Father Radcliffe was personally invited by the Pope to lead a pre-synodal retreat for the bishops. His long history of homosexual advocacy seems not to have been an inhibiting factor, mm. as noted. A large number of the experts are those who compiled the 2022 Synodal Working Document and include figures such as papal biographer Austin Ivory, Monsignor Piero Coda, uh, the Secretary for the Pontifical International Theological Commission, which advises the CDF, uh, the pro-contraception and pro-homosexual Monsignor Philip Bourdain, mm -hmm the Dean of the revamped Pontifical John Paul II Theological Institute for the Sciences of Marriage and Families. So what does this mean? The Synod will convene on October 4th, 
with the participants meeting in Pope Paul VI's audience hall at the Vatican. As noted by the Synod team, all the members and additional experts will take part in the two sessions of the Synod of Rome. And when Pope Francis is not present, there will be a total of nine president delegates. <laughs> they will assume the operating control of proceedings in yeah. the name and by the authority of the Pope. And uh, some of these nine are, some of them are very suspect. Yeah, but it, it says here that Cardinal Hollerich, as Relator General, will play a key role. He will deliver a report at the start of the entire proceeding. I don't trust him as far as I can spit. And at the start of each section of the meeting, presenting the issues to be covered, he will also be in charge of summarizing the work of the October Assembly in a text to serve as a basis for the 2024 Assembly. Yes, let me jump in and say this Cardinal Holler, yeah. remember, is the same guy on YouTube, so I'm not talking out of school. He said this, that the church is wrong regarding homosexuality because science has proven that it's a legitimate expression of love. Are you kidding me? And he's going to be at the center. This guy's a heretic. I'm just going to call it. You do, you cannot say the Bible is wrong and get away with it here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, Jess. Yeah, none of you are Catholic. And uh, w- the topics that are being discussed at this 2023 Synodal Assembly, yeah. it's going to be women's diaconal ordination, married priests, and the need to welcome the, re- the remarried divorcees without an annulment people in polygamous marriages, uh, LGBTQ plus people. Uh, and a, a major sin of a synodality document, it also highlights the need to welcome, again, like, like I said, polygamist and LGBTQ plus people. That seems to be the big, the big push here, Terry. Yeah, it's, um, it's sick, Jesse, and I'll tell you why it's sick. is because we've lost sight of repent and believe in the gospel. That theme is nowhere in this event. No, all it no, is no, is about under the, under the Francis papacy that that's gone. Yeah, well, that's sounds, when that's he became sad. pope in 2013. Uh, that's that's not mentioned. In Mark chapter one verse fifteen. That's not that's not deployed any longer. That that's irrelevant. Really is. Well, not to me. It says here the widely accepted and papally approved interpretation of of Amoris Laetitia yeah. as allowing the divorce and remarried to holy communion was presented as an already finalized issue in the document which the assembly members will discuss. Deacon Nick Donnelly, uh, obviously an Orthodox uh, Catholic, he he argued that the event was a means to promote homosexuality to the Church. And uh, here's what he said. He says, uh, Bergoglio really isn't hiding the fact that the goal of the Synod on Synodality is about defying God's commands against sodomites. Uh, Deacon Nick Donnelly wrote, He says, when you add into the mix the fact that Timothy Radcliffe is leading the pre-synodal retreat, you realize that the fix is in for the synod force through the acceptance of sodomy. That's where we're at right now, Terry. Yeah, and, and Jesse, here's the challenge that I have on this, and, and that is, as we move along, the idea that Amoris Letitia is now magisterial, I just have to challenge that and say no, because not even the Pope has the authority to change uh, the teachings of the church on marriage, because right. it's right. it's biblical. It's just like in 1532, you know, John, uh, John, I should say John Fisher, who's now a saint, wouldn't allow that to happen then, and we can't allow it to happen even if the Pope wants to have it happen. It's because you can't change something. The Pope is 
the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. So he cannot, on his authority, change one thing that we Catholics believe as the positive faith. And you just have to keep telling yourself that so you don't get mixed up in this. Yeah, and he's not here to change doctrine. He's here to hand on exactly the tradition, the doctrine. He's handing on what was handed on to him, Amen, the sacred scripture and the sacred tradition. He has no power to change or to modify. Here's what I actually think. Tell me, Jesse. That, that, that I think that the Holy Father, that he's euthanizing the church. Yeah. Why do I say that, Terry? Under Pope Francis, we have less people going to Mass than under any pope in yeah. human history. Yeah. Under Pope Francis, we have less people entering seminary right. than under any other pope. Uh, finally, I, I don't know if you know that under this pope, uh, we're closing Catholic churches oh, yeah. at a higher rate than under any other pope in history. Uh, and, and so uh, something else that's very painful to think about is all the churches that are being decommissioned, they're being turned into gyms. They're being turned into hotels. They're being turned into bars. They're being sold to, mo- to Muslims. That's right. They're being sold to Protestants. Yep. And, and I think I think a lot of this problem started. Tell me, in Jeff. my opinion. Tell me. Well, and Cardinal Raymond Burke said the the Pachimama worship at St. Peter's this this opened the door to the diabolical. Pope Francis opened the door to the diabolical, not only to the Vatican but to the entire Catholic Church. Yep. And I think a lot of our problems stem from that point right there. Things got from bad to worse. You got it. And we're one with the world. Remember what Bishop Joseph Strickland said, Jesse, to be persecuted for speaking the truth is an honor. Every Christian should be willing to embrace. It it is walking with Jesus Christ, who is truth incarnate. If we know Jesus, it is easier to speak his truth, no matter what forces oppose us. The opposition is temporary. Jesus is forever. I read that over. I'm putting it on the back of a T-shirt. We'll be promoting that T-shirt of Bishop Strickland to pray for him because he's one of the few, like John Fisher, that stands up to the truth. And what you just said, Jesse, this is what we have to have that attitude. We have to have an attitude that says, you know what? I know my faith. This is why it's so important, you know, that we need to know our faith well because we're going to fall if we don't. Yeah. And by the way, uh, we're not bashing anybody here. This is called fraternal correction, and we are following Canon 212. Well said. We're following paragraph 907 of the Catechism of the Catholic okay. Church. Perry and me have been defending the papacy for oh. decades. <laughs> we, defend, we defend the papacy. We don't defend error. Right. And so remember that. Let's all defend the papacy but don't defend errors. Harry, and a lot of the errors of Pope Francis have been documented academically. Oh, yeah. There's a book called The Dictator Pope by Henry yep. Sire. There's another book by Philip Lawler called Law Shepherd, How Pope Francis is Misleading the Flocks. You've got another book called by Ross Duhat. It's called To Change the Church, Pope Francis and the Future of Catholicism. George Neumeyer, rest in peace. He wrote a book called The Political Pope. How Pope Francis is delighting the liberal left and abandoning conservatives. You got uh, Jose Antonio Ureta. He wrote a book called Pope Francis, Paradigm Shift. 
Yep. Rod Bennett wrote a book called Bad Shepherds. Taylor Marshall wrote a book called Infiltration. Dr. John R.T. Lamont wrote a book called Defending the Faith Against Present Her- Heresy. These are all highly respected Catholic authors and thinkers, and the errors, Terry, are well documented. Yeah, yeah Jesse, you nailed it, buddy. I, I can't agree more with you. And this is what we're up against is the facts. They, you know, we've had bad popes before, so don't get flustered because, Jesse, in our time, in our lifetime, we've had you know, some great popes. And I'm not, and I'm not going to say like Pope John Paul II and the CC, you know, Pope Benedict, uh, excuse me, Pope uh, Fred, I should say Cardinal Ratzinger told Pope uh, John Paul II not to do it because it could lead to the idea of syncretism. And he was spot on. So I'm not saying every mm-hmm. Pope is is perfect in his um, uh, decisions of just, um, you know, things like this. But we do have a Pope right now who is obviously going against the perennial teachings of the church in many areas, and we have to reject that respectfully. That's right. Uh, and as, as Catholics, remember that in paragraph 907, it says, lay people have a right and even a duty at times to manifest to their sacred pastors yep. their opinions on matters which pertain to the good of the church, and they have a right to make their opinion known to other Christian faithful. And that's what that's we're doing. exactly what we're doing here on on, on uh, Yep. Under, uh, hey, I just want to let everybody know we are one thousand uh, dollars short from last month's Dodger Stadium paying the bills. If people want to make a donation, go to vmpr.org or call me at eight. Excuse me, I'll give you my cell number six six one nine seven two seven eight seven two. Appreciate your generous donations. May God bless you. We'll be right back by talking about Jim Caviezel's movie. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Absolutely, we're back. Jesse, I chew gum and walk every break. Somebody's calling me. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, bro, let's talk about this, <laughs> this Jim Caviezel faith-based movie, Sound of Freedom. You went and saw it on the 4th of July. I mean, it's got $40 million the first weekend. It's outdone uh, Indiana Jones. I mean, this is like... Uh, music to our ears let's talk about this yeah the left is going crazy the woke left yeah is criticizing sound of freedom because they're saying oh this is QAnon information this is fake news this is it's this not is true they said it's just crap. you know jesse people who criticize this from the facts that makes me think if they're into child porn child trafficking because they're saying that it doesn't exist and when it it does and so this is just showing me again this is exposing something that is going on in hollywood as a matter of fact jesse i'm going to be honest with you going on in our it's going on our it's going on with our government at church too brother the uscc i know i was just going to say sad to say jesse that's what we're going to be exposing on the 20th yeah at uh at the at the rally over in washington dc and you're one of the speakers there right jess uh, yes, I'm going to be there representing VMPR. Good. Uh, the fact the fact is, is we're going to expose the connection between the Democrat congressional funding to the USCCB to the tune of billions of dollars. Yep. And a lot of this is done for their social justice programs, and a lot of this uh, goes to apparently to these uh, to these children. But Terry, there's a lot more that meets the eye yeah. than uh, this. This money is being misused. But going back to the movie, yeah, let's get to it. Sure. 
it was Jim Caviezel. Yep. He's the protagonist of the movie The Sound of Freedom. Right. It's uh, it's made up over $40 million as of today. It's a faith-based movie about child sex trafficking. Uh, it's Again, it's only been around for, what, seven days now. <laughs> Sound of Freedom opened up last Tuesday. Yeah. And it just it just it just dwarfed anything that came out. Uh, a couple of other movies, one called Insidious, The Red yeah. Door, Indiana Jones, and The Dial of Destiny. Blew them away. Uh, yeah, and and these these movies opened up in more theaters than Sound of Freedom. Jesse, let's talk about way more theaters. Jesse, yeah, exactly. Let's just talk about this though, because we got a few minutes. This was completed yeah. in 2018. Now Jim Caviezel talks about it. Uh, why it took so long. Can you kind of summarize what in the world, why did it take five years to get this into the theaters? Nobody wanted to touch it with a 10-foot exactly. pole, and that's why. Yep. Yeah, none of the studios, none of the, a lot of the big studios they had it. The, 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 the possibility to, to, they wanted to give them this movie through some of these big names, you know, Sony, some of these big names, Disney. They don't want to touch it once they saw it. Because they're in bed and with it. Was the res- Exactly, Terry. Sorry, that's just how part it works. This, they're part of this cabal of child of international diabolic child molestation. Yeah, and and uh, and so as a result of that, a small little theatrical distribution called Angel Studio. <laughs> it's an independent studio. They awesome. picked it up, and and guess what? They're making money hand over fist. They sold out theaters. Forty six hundred uh, theaters, Jesse. Are they're in now? Four thousand six hundred theaters. Yeah, you're getting uh, standing ovations right after the movie inside the theaters. Yep. Uh, for for any Catholic or Protestant or person of faith or person of goodwill, this movie is a must. Word, use word of the mouth, text people, get it out there, put it in your social media. Let's storm the theaters. Uh, we, you know, I want to thank the AMC. Oh yeah. They're they're behind this movie. They're putting out Cinemark and yep. Regal. These are the three of the biggest movie theater chains in the country. And I uh, want to thank them because they, they've had the courage to release Sound of Freedom during the m- busiest movie season of the year. And, and Jesse, and again, yeah, yeah. Just one quick note that the critics have been mostly positive. These are called movie critics. It's it's called Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, this is this group that that evaluates all the movies. It holds a seventy six percent approval rating of that movie and that is phenomenal because usually they're very critical on movies so the sound of freedom is managed to crack the top five on the domestic charts in the heat of the summer a time of year when traditionally reserved for big budget action you know movies superheroes that kind of stuff so the strongly the strong response to the faith-based films reflects what a demand by an undeserved audience who are hungry to ref- to have their values reflected and believed. And I think the senior uh, Coscore analysis said, such content can indeed find an enthusiastic audience and generate solid box office and impressive profits for the investors. Because that's what they really care about. Are we going to make any money putting this in our theater? Yeah, and I'll tell you who I give props to. So I give props to Alejandro Monteverde. Yes. Eduardo Verastegui, yes. Jim Caviezel, uh, they're the ones that had the courage. to. They looked at the manuscript and they said, let's make this movie. And they knew that they were going to make enemies with, 
with the big producers and directors in Hollywood, with uh, the people that are involved in international uh, human sex trafficking, like the Mexican cartel, for example. Yes. They knew they were going to make big enemies, but you know what? They still went out. They had a steel spine, and they still went out and produced this movie. And uh, and obviously, we also want to thank uh, the protagonist of the movie, Tim Ballard. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a story of his life. Uh, Tim Ballard is a practicing Mormon. He's a God-fearing Mormon. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of kids. Well, he's, uh, he's, he's actually taken a lot of foster, uh, you know, adopted children. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Terry. Like, just like uh, Jim Caviezel, has, you could tell these people... Uh, you could tell these people are, are uh, they, 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 they walk the walk and they talk the talk. They're yep. not talkers. Or they, they actually put feet into their faith. And so I, I can tell you one thing. Tim Ballard is, is, is uh, very good friends at this point with Jim Caviezel. He's oh. very good friends with Eduardo Verastegui. Uh I can see Tim Ballard coming into the Catholic Church one of these days. Oh, yeah. You can't be friends with Jim Caviezel and Eduardo Verastegui and not have them affect your, your faith walk. Yeah. Amen, Jesse. That's so well said. And so if you haven't seen the movie, it's still showing. Get your friends to go see it. I really think this is an eye-opener for our culture. You know, Jesse, when I, I, I hear and read these things about people who have been in the sex trade where moms are selling their five-year-old kids, and it's just you talk about child abuse, but it's hard to imagine. But, you know, it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show regarding uh, our conscience, how can people do that? Well, if they kill their babies with abortion, why can't they sell the babies and make money on it? See, once you've lost the value and dignity of the human person, you'll do anything. Yeah, absolutely, Terry. Yeah, if you kill babies, there's nothing you won't do. Yeah, yeah the movie Sound of Freedom, go out there and watch it. Uh, I watched it on a Sunday special screening last year, mm-hmm. October, 20, October 2nd, 2022 in Tucson, Arizona at a Cary Lake fundraiser, and that was uh, how they enticed people to come to the fundraiser, but they gave us a pre-screening of the movie Sound of Freedom. Eduardo was there, so he gave us a lecture before the movie, after the movie, and he talked to us about the diabolical world of the adult and child sex trafficking. Here's some mind-blowing facts that I learned from Eduardo, one of the directors and actors of the movie. He said, number one, one, Mexico is the largest exporter of child sex trafficking. Ugh. It used to be Asia, it used to be Thailand, so those countries, not no more. Mexico is the number one exporter of child sex trafficking in the world. Number two, and by, and by the way, it's the Mexican cartels who are Satanists who operate this child sex trafficking. So it goes to show you again, Satanists hate children. Exactly. Transgenders are Satanists, they hate children. The second thing that Eduardo said that stuff to me, he said that the United States, no surprise, is the largest consumer of child sex trafficking. Uh, that, that's that's mind blowing. Yeah. Number three, Eduardo said that eighty percent of women that come across the southern border are raped. That's incredible. Eight out of ten. Yeah. He says after the women are raped, the Mexican cartels hang the underwear and bras of the victim on a on a tree or branch or bush. Mm. And if you look, if anybody that lives in Tucson, they friends of mine have sent me videos. There are thousands and thousands of women's underwear and bras hanging on trees in the deserts of the United States uh, Southwest Territory. Sick. The fourth thing, the fourth thing that Eduardo pointed out, he says that human trafficking has surpassed now the drug industry. Yeah, and it's almost going to be. 
Go ahead. Yeah, the drug dealers are saying <sighs> you can make more money through human sex trafficking yep. than drugs. Mm-hmm. So, so human trafficking is an $150 billion business. Unbelievable. And this movie, Sound of Freedom, which you need to go watch, everybody needs to go watch and support this movie and buy tickets for other people to go watch it. This movie is exposing that what Jeffrey Epstein was doing on Epstein Island is truly an international diabolical problem. And I'll tell you why this is, is happening, because the Democrat Party keeps open borders, and this is where this is all happening through our open borders. Wow, wow, and wow. This is unbelievable that this is happening. And Jesse, one of the things, they said it's almost going to be reaching the amount of money that arms uh, businesses for 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 the wars that are going on in the in the in the world, this is huge and it needs to stop. And I think this movie is going to hopefully uh, bring an awareness that this is happening in cities not just like Los Angeles, uh, Jesse, uh, Nebraska, uh, o- uh, o- uh, Oklahoma, all across the country. This is ha- Phoenix is another big hotbed for this activity. Oh, yeah. So it's all over the country. And again, Mexico is producing him. And we're the consumer, and uh, this has got to stop. And I think this movie should make this awareness alive. And I hope our, our our politicians will take some accountability. But the problem, Jesse, is from what I've read, because I started researching more of this, our politicians are in bed with this stuff too. They're benefiting, in a sense of sexually, from this. And so we've got you know really corrupt politicians who are going to say, no, no, this is not real. Come on, get over it. Just let it slide by. But in fact, we we people, we need to kick these people out of office and get people in that have a conscience rather than someone who just wants to have pleasure. Because that's what our world's right now. It's, a, it's me, myself, yeah. and I. Terry, Eduardo told me that Tell me. Epstein Island, yeah. Epstein Island is just one small example, one small microcosm. All over the world, huh? Of things that are islands all over the Unbelievable. world. Unbelievable. Sick. Just like that, where they buy children and the rich and famous go and have sex with them all week. And that's why we can pray and make sacrifices. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Last time you looked? Uh, I know we're going to live. I say to grace, brother, there's no other state to live in. And, and, Don't and, live in a state of mortal sin. And remember... Don't holy or die trying. Exactly. And Our Lady of yep. Fatima said it. Souls are going to hell. These people in this industry they're going to hell how can they stop with our prayers that we can convert them by our prayers so our lady said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices will you be willing to make a sacrifice for the conversion of sinners yeah sign me up because you know what life is short and eternity is forever one hail mary one sacrifice for the day please do it because we can change the world Jess, your final thoughts Make sure that before you die, yeah. as the good coach will tell you, leave it all out on the field for Jesus. Up next, Bishop Strickland Show. Stay with us.